Welcome to a special edition of Focus with Paul W. Smith. Paul W. is not here, but not to worry. A trio of Metro Detroit power players are filling in. Oakland County Executive Dave Coulter, Wayne County Executive Warren Evans, and Macomb County Executive Mark Hackle. I'm Kevin Dietz uh, sitting in for Mark while he's on the stage and working his way over. Uh, the 2024 Detroit Policy Conference here at the Motor City Casino. We are in the sound room, and uh, what I've been hearing all morning long are words like dialogue and collaboration and innovation and uh these are these are words that are really important uh because if if you don't have these things uh you can't work together you can't move michigan forward and and we have a big job to do you guys are you guys are doing that job you're working on that but but there's a lot of work to do uh let's let's start with some of the the successes some of the things that we're able to tout about michigan and why people do stay and why we need to tell that story to other folks uh, to get people to move to Michigan. Dave, let's start with you. That's a, that's a great question, and, and thanks for letting me do this, by the way. Oh, this we is, love it. Thanks for being here. This is fun. You know, Michigan has a lot to be proud of, and I, you know, I've, I've heard folks say, and I think it's true, we don't brag about ourselves enough. There's plenty to brag about here. Absolutely. This is still the water winter wonderland, from our natural resources to our incredible institutions of higher learning. We have amazing universities and colleges here. We have great cities and, and a nice quality of life. And yet we always talk about the snow and the, all the things that are, uh, and so we don't brag about ourselves enough. And so I think there's a number of things that, that we can be bragging about more, and I mentioned a few of them. But also policy conferences like this give us an opportunity to look in the mirror and say, yeah, but where could, where could we do better? And, and to your point, how could we collaborate better? How could we work together better and quit looking at each other as competitors and starting to look at other regions in the country as our competition versus the next county or the next city. There's a lot of opportunity to do that, and today's a great opportunity to, to start that conversation. Warren Evans, let's brag a little bit about Wayne County. Easy to do. Yeah, I mean, we've done uh, extremely well in the last eight or nine years financially, uh, and that's the, that's the heartbeat of it. We haven't raised taxes in 10 years. Uh, we don't plan to, hopefully, uh, and that foundation makes the whole region more significant. Welcome, Mark. Hello. Okay, we just got off stage. We're joined by our friend Mark Hackle. How did it go? Oh, my God. It was so good, so entertaining. I was just uh, really uh, – are we live? Yeah. We're running the show right now? Yeah. yeah. It takes three of us to fill the shoes could, of Paul you, W. Smith. You could sit uh, down, too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thank God. Was, uh, we had a good time up there, just kind of exposing some of the things that happened. I don't know. Did you hear any of it? Yeah. You did? Oh, yours? Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. I was just kind of talking about how no. Warren Evans, myself, and Jeff Bohm up in St. Clair County, how we uh, really celebrate the fishing opportunities in uh, the Detroit River, Lake St. Clair, St. Clair River, and even Lake Huron. And uh, we're very fortunate because even the bass fishermen around the globe will tell you it's one of the best bass fisheries on the entire planet. But I didn't leave you out, Dave. What I said is Oakland County, that's where they go. They go to their ponds to fish for the bait that we use in Lake uh. St. Clair to catch those big bass and yeah. those big fish out in Macomb County. You know, there's County, more Wayne lakes County, so. in Oakland County <laughs> than any other county in Michigan. So, Can I just put that plug in there? Plenty okay. of places to Lakes, to ponds, fish. Uh, it's just some lakes, semantics. Pond, it, yeah. you know, so. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Good? Doing well. Doing well. Just keeping you busy here? 
Trying to keep up with you, my friend. I gotta thank I gotta thank Paul for giving us this opportunity. You don't get this opportunity much, and I guess us. I didn't want to call us lay persons. I think we're just. Uh, I don't know. I think they couldn't find anybody else, so they decided to get uh, give a call to the three of us and see if we can do this. So well, they know we work for cheap. I did. Yeah, I can get paid. You can pay actually for no. free. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> real cheap. <laughs> what do you mean, Warren? Making a few bucks off of this? <laughs> so. But again, it's uh, interesting. What are some of the challenges you're seeing? What do you uh, What do you face with these days, Dave? In Oakland County? Yeah. Well, you know, let's tie it back to what this conference is in an overarching way about, which is we're not growing as a population, as a region, fast enough, right? We're losing our young people to other regions. We're not attracting enough people. So, you know, in terms of what this conference has been focusing on, I agree. We got a lot of work to do to make this an attractive place where pe- young people and young families want to move here or stay here. And, and uh, you know, that, it, it's a huge, tall order. And, uh, you know, it's not rocket sciences. Rocket science, some of this stuff we've been talking about for a long time. Uh, it's transit. It's better education opportunities. It's quality of life. It's, it's a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, but it starts with collaboration, and that's what we were talking about, Mark, before you got here. And I, I, am, uh, I'm, I'm, I feel very happy that the three of us, as well as the mayor and other, uh, have a great relationship and a, good, and, and a good foundation to build on. And we are getting some stuff done. We are working behind the scenes. It doesn't always make headlines, and I, I'm thankful for that. So, yeah, you know, Credit to you. You were all in day one. You jumped in head first, and uh, you haven't stopped, and we appreciate the working relationship we have with you, Dave. So well done. Job well done. The, the, the collaboration absolutely uh, is important, but one of the other things is coordination. Uh, and you look in a, a county like Wayne that has 33 different school districts, you know, a number of other things. What really has to happen to make us generally uh, improve without increasing taxes yep. is to coordinate and do a much better job and of syncing that's, up. That's something that's, uh, that's heavy in Warren's background. He knows how to coordinate. That law enforcement background uh, gives him that ability to do that. We appreciate him doing that for us. We're going to take a break right now and, again, uh, get a little bit back with uh, Dave and Warren on perspectives of what they see as well as some of our invited guests. We're looking forward to it. So, again, uh, thank you for listening or tuning in to the Paul W. Smith Show Focus here on WJR. Well, welcome back uh, to WJR Paul W. Smith's Focus Show. Uh, I have my co-hosts here, Warren Evans and uh, Dave Coulter, county executives uh, from obviously Wayne County and uh, Oakland County. Uh, just talking a little bit about what's going on here at this conference. We just kind of had our little roundtable ourselves, but uh, we got our invited guest here right now, who's actually the guy that's in charge and pulls this all together. I mean, does a great job of the Mackinac Policy Conference. We have a lot of fun up there, but uh, this Detroit Policy Conference down here in Detroit, I think, is uh, is probably probably just as good, if not better. I mean, I actually love being here, and you do a great job, and your team is phenomenal, might I add. So with that being said, Sandy Bruja, the uh, president and CEO of the Detroit Regional Chamber of Commerce, is with us. Well, hey, listen, guys, it's great to be with you, but I have a really serious question for the three of you. Do any of you have your SAG card? I mean, I just want to make sure that you guys are working legit here. I mean, look at you guys. You're on a stage here. I mean, I just want to make sure that you guys are fully registered with the appropriate union. Um, We haven't paid our dues either, have we? (laughs) You're getting us in trouble now. I do. I I do. I do. It's 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 not with me at this moment, but I do have one. Well, it's good to be with you. You guys look great up here. You guys are doing a great job. It's a lot of fun. How's it going so far? Really, really well. Uh, You know, Mark, as you you said it, you know, the, the chamber team does a fantastic job pulling this together and you know the whole ethos behind this conference has always been bring the quality and the thought leadership 
uh, from the Mackinac Policy Conference, which obviously is very inconvenient and, frankly, very expensive, uh, and make it really accessible. You know, make it anyone who lives in the Detroit region can come down, you know, park for free, you know, just spend a day. You don't have to spend the night uh, and get the same quality of programming. And, and I believe we've done that. Yeah, and actually, if they want to spend the night, they got a great casino hotel here to spend the night in. Absolutely. Great opportunity. And a little bit more economic impact, I guess, for the city of Detroit and Wayne County. Warren, i got to believe that's something right up your alley. Absolutely. So. I think uh, um, Sandy's doing a great job. Uh, always does. Not just with policy conferences, but the connectivity with all of us in between it. Uh, and that just makes an awful lot of sense. And uh, I can see a lot of energy here in the rooms. Uh, frankly, some energy I don't necessarily see at Mackinac. Yeah, you're uh, right. It's not just this conference because yeah. uh, i got to believe you probably get the same experience I get. Uh, Sandy will come on out and, you know, to Macomb County and uh, want to have conversation, lunch, you know, about what's happening. And, uh, again, even on the phone, if there's something happening that's kind of a, an issue, you know, not just for the city of Detroit or Wayne County or even the region, even statewide issues. So, Sandy, you know, credit to you for for taking a lead on some of yeah, that. Yeah, well, listen, I appreciate that, and I, I didn't realize you guys were drinking so early in the morning, but I will <laughs> I, I will say this, is that, you know, you guys really set set the tone because, you know, the three of you have developed such a good relationship. That doesn't mean you agree on every single issue 100% of the time, nor should you, right? You're all three unique individuals, individual leaders. You all have, you know, different geographic responsibilities, but all the three of you have really set the standard for coming together. You guys talk all the time. I know there was a great dinner at Dave's house, you know, a while ago and, you know, served some awesome red wine. By the way, thank you for inviting me to that. Um, <laughs> but, no, seriously, you guys have done a great job. And I actually cooked, too. That's right. Uh, and I wasn't done when they got there, so I was at the stove when they showed up. Yeah. And my neighbors are still talking about these SUVs that pulled up and what the heck's going on at, at Dave's house. But it was, I think it's the tone that we tried to set. Ford Focus. <laughs> you may have, so. but it is the tone that we've tried to set, which is, as you said, Sandy, you know, we might disagree about this or that, but yeah. in general, and you know this because you run such a wonderful chamber, uh, our, our competition is other regions across the country. And so on many of these issues that get at the heart of what this conference is about, which is growing our region and, and being successful, we're in this together and we're not going to be able to do it individually and so that you know that is that's what it's about and it, it it's a credit to you and your organization that you do a really good job of bringing us together uh bringing all these thought leaders together i mean the the folks here i love mackinac but this is the closest thing you know that we do down here in southeast michigan yeah, this, to is, this is ver this is personal yeah i mean this is this is very kind of well, almost grassroots but personal uh again you know mackinac People don't go shopping before the Detroit Policy Conference to determine what they're going to wear. They do that for Mackinac. So that tells you the difference in the vibe. Yeah, with, 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 so the, uh, the theme of this uh, conference here, obviously uh, growing Michigan to, together and uh, obviously more focused on the population itself. Uh, you know, was that an offshoot of what the governor was uh, trying to do at, yeah. uh, at the state level? Is that kind of the reason why we're, we're pulling together here? That, Mark, that's exactly right. Uh, listen, you know, I, I'm... I, I very much agree with a lot of what John Ricolta said during his primary session. Population growth is important. We can do it, but let's not expect that that's going to happen anytime soon. You know, the demographics of how, how many people are having babies, you know, the you know, immigration, things like that, those demographics work against us. However, we can bend the curve in terms of uh, our population trajectory so we can make it better. But even more important that, let's focus on the other P, which is prosperity. 
how do we build a more prosperous, economically prosperous, more socially prosperous region for all of us. That means everyone has better jobs, that we're focused on innovation and technology. You know, we have built, we will build this more dynamic economy that will then help with population growth. Yeah, I think we're all rolling in the right direction or same direction, which sometimes, oftentimes, it doesn't happen. Uh, you get the you know, Democratic, Republican, you know, infighting that takes place. And, you know, I think there's some people out there that are trying to, you know, dispel what the governor is doing here with this growing Michigan together, which is unfortunate uh, because we can't continue to see this, you know, how do we, how do we, how do we fill the jobs that are available uh, knowing that, you know, the only thing we're doing is competing amongst ourselves for that talent. You know, we have to compete as a region with other regions across the globe if we want to expect something different. And like you said, it's not going to happen overnight, but we need to come together, unite to make this happen. And I think at some point in time, there can. But it's got to be a plan. You know, yeah. we've got to have that. Yeah, yeah. listen, if, you, if your focus is the next election, we're not going to solve this problem. Right. This is going to take decades. And we realistically have to push the institutions that help to make up our counties in directions that help that progress occur. I mean, we can't act like. Uh, because we say it, because we're spending money to do this, spending money to do that, that we plug the holes. I mean, at the end of the day, one of the reasons we're in good shape right now is because financially we're all stable, and it's probably the first time in a long time all three counties have been stable. If we want to attract people, we have to increase things for people to feel comfortable here without increasing taxes. Agreed. Yep. And one thing John Rocolta talked about, and I mean it's absolutely true, is if, you, if you're reluctant to increase taxes, then you have to think more about efficiencies of scale and how you make what we do better. Wayne County's got 33 school districts. Many of those school districts have absentee rates. Many of them, 33 school districts. I'm not just talking about Detroit have chronic absenteeism, they consider that 10 days a year, for example. 70% uh, of the school districts have that problem. I mean, it's one thing to increase schools, attendance in schools, it's another thing to get you there in the first place. I'm not saying that that's particularly problematic or critical at this point, but it's not something we should gloss over. That's if we create substantive improvements in those areas, we're going to make all of our region better. And you're right. And, again, it's interesting because you opened it up with that is we all got to be doing the same thing together. It's incumbent upon us because we didn't get hired to admire problems. We got hired to solve problems yep. and elected by the people to do that. And I think that's what you're seeing here. And, again, that's why I have an appreciation for, obviously, uh, uh, Dave and Warren. But, uh, again, going back to our invited guest, Sandy, and I want to give you the last word. We really appreciate uh, the efforts of helping bring us together to focus on an issue and to help grow it together for the state of Michigan. I, I will just say that I'm going to take away from this conversation the line we didn't get hired to admire problems. We got hired to solve them. I love it. I'm going to steal it. I appreciate that. You can go right ahead. Again, you're listening to the Paul W. Smith Show. Focus here on WJR 760 AM. 
And all of a sudden, I don't often speak on behalf of these guys, but uh, I think I can at this point in time. Um, we are incredibly grateful for the opportunity to co-host this program together. Paul W. Smith's show. I mean, that's uh, nobody really, you don't get too many chances to do something like this. We're excited about it, but speaking on their behalf again, I'm not sure why here, they here. invited us, right, guys? We're starting to figure that out. So, But we're fortunate because we have a lot of great guests that are going to be on this program um, that are here at this conference that are adding tremendous value. And, uh, again, this conference is all about growing Michigan together, and there probably could be no better person to have on this program because that's what this conference is about than Hillary Doe, the Chief Growth Officer for the State of Michigan, and she's here with us, going to share a little bit about what the, her thoughts are and where we're headed as a state, specifically with growing Michigan together. Hillary, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. I'll let you know how you all do. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate that. So, yeah, so how's it going so far? I know you got to leave here probably in about uh, nine more minutes because you're going to be up on the main stage uh, having a, a conversation with the crowd here. So Yes, we're running out there to talk about um, jobs and talent. Obviously, that's a critical part of this conversation. We talk about growing the state. Really, what we're talking about is building a value prop that works for folks who are here and want to stay here and make the choice every day to build their future here. And also, when we make that, ensuring that's attractive for more and more folks to come and join us as we're, you know, building the future of Michigan together. So excited to get out there and share a little bit more with, with the, everybody who's here today. And we know it's important. Again, I, there's so many different aspects to this. Yeah. Michigan together. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I've always been fascinated by is when they started the Pure Michigan branding because we know that when people move someplace, it's not just about a job and where we live, you know, where we've grown up and born and raised. It's not just about, you know, that neighborhood itself. It's about the experience. There's something about it that's special to us, the quality of life assets. So, I mean, is that Pure Michigan branding going to be part of this as well, I got to imagine? Absolutely. I mean, all of the marketing work that we've done to tell our story is really doing the job that it's designed to do and we're proud of it. I think going forward, what we really want to lean into is ensuring that we have a policy agenda that keeps making the product that is Michigan better and we're chasing that aggressively, that we're really partnering with local communities because people move to places, not just states, right? And they want to find their place. Um, so making sure each community has a growth plan that we can work together on and that we're continuing to tell our story, storytelling and branding. Um, you know, as part of this work, I've had the chance to do so much public engagement in the last six months, meeting with high school students and college students and people across our state. And I hear over and over again, um, the opportunity to make sure all of those folks know what Michigan has to offer, our great opportunities, our great places, and that folks across the country know. Um, we don't want to be a best kept secret. We want to boost the economy. We want to tell our story and we want to grow the population. Can I ask you a question? Because Absolutely. this is Dave Coulter. When I was on the stage, they asked me a question. Is there anything that you thought may have been underplayed in that report that, that perhaps could have been lifted up higher? And I don't know if this is fair or not, so I want to I ask you if you, you think I answered this well. Because to me, a, a, a huge component of growth in this state is around immigration and, and, and new Americans, right? I know in, in my county, Oakland County, uh, we would have actually lost population over the last decade had it not been for foreign-born residents. And so I think attracting and, and keeping those folks here is important. I'm not saying it wasn't in the report, but that, you know, that, that yeah. came to mind. How do you view the issue of Im immigration and sure. attracting people to Michigan? Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned briefly, there really are, when we looked at states that are growing faster than us, our faster-growing peers, and when we looked across our state at how population is moving, there really are three things that those growing places have in common. They have great opportunities, educational and job opportunities, and rising median incomes. They have um, really great educational attainment, and that's something we need to work on. And they also are welcoming communities. That's really critical. It's one of the three legs of the stool. We know that. It is in the report, 
And part of the reason is that, you know, it's one of those green shoots. We see positive growth um, from inviting those folks to our to our state. Um, and we have a lot of opportunity to make sure folks um, from whether it's domestic migration or international migration choose to stay here and build their families here. Um, you know, we have we need them. We and, need them. and again, to double down on what Dave just said, I mean, that's been our, our success to maintain at least the population levels that we're at. One in nine people living in Macomb County now are foreign-born. I mean, that's that's a huge statement if you think about it. You know, once upon a time, that was never thought of. It was never talked about when I was a kid. And, but and now we're realizing that's And important. when you look at the, the, the immigrant population and what and analyze that U of M did a study for us uh, a couple of years ago, great input. I mean, there's no downside there i mean they've helped to grow the economy they've helped to create sectors that they have some expertise in and i think uh, the reality is if they're successful here and they like the living conditions and the things here then they help to bring others from wherever their native land is or their native state was but here we're talking about immigration so I think a a absolutely. I mean, but I think there are people who get lost in, you know, what are we going to do with this immigration? What we're going to do with immigration is fill jobs that need yeah. to be filled and help to build our growth uh, because we need that diversity. And I think Michigan is yeah. not high on the list of states that do very well with bringing in outsiders, and I think we have to do better. Let's face it, that's what this country was founded on, immigration. And uh, the reality, though, is we're too much into this debate and controversy over the illegal immigration versus people that are here coming in, in the right way. And, and so that becomes the big challenge. You know, and how, do we, how do we fix that? At the and it's level? not just about the numbers. I want to tee off on what Warren said and then ask Hillary a question, which is, yeah, it, it helps to grow our numbers, but it's what they contribute here. Their, their families, their children that they send to our, to our schools, the, the businesses that they start, the education that they bring that contribute to our businesses. I mean, talk a little bit about, it's not, the strategy around immigration is not just about growing numbers, but it's, it's also, at least what we've seen in Oakland County, and I know you guys would agree, it's the value that they bring to our communities. What we want to do is build prosperity, right? We want to build prosperity in our state, and we want to lean into the right that we have as a state to really lead the future of some of our high-growth industries, the fight against the climate crisis, future mobility. We have incredible opportunities in our state, incredible natural positioning. And as we build that prosperity, we need more and more folks of all kinds to choose to build their families here, right here in Michigan. As a tee up to the next panel I'm going on to, and because you mentioned um, it's so critical in, in order for our economy to continue growing here in Michigan, that folks are choosing to start businesses here and grow businesses here. Entrepreneurship, innovation, small businesses, these newer companies drive a huge portion of total new job growth in any state. And so the immigrant community creates lots of new businesses. That's great. But anybody choosing to start a business and build a business, we want to make sure they can scale it here. Um, you know, we're a top 10 state for patents. The University of Michigan, I should say, um, produces more patents than almost anywhere else in the country. We want to make sure folks are commercializing those businesses here as well. That's really critical to the future of the economy. So we're excited for more and more folks to build their futures here, their launch their businesses, build their families. That's going to be how we grow. Michigan. Well, and you're here at this conference, and again, it's a target-rich environment for people that want to support this effort and are all on board. Uh, are there any challenges you're seeing with people that are negating this at all? I would say that the number one thing I want to underscore for folks is the incredible consensus that we have built here. We had not just a 19 to 1 vote, but 100 folks involved and 10 over 10,000 folks across the state who want to participate in this going forward. We're going to get it done. 
Hillary Doe, the Chief Growth Officer for the State of Michigan. Uh, I think we know why the governor tasked you with leading this effort. Well done. And again, we're here to support you the best we can. And you all did great. All Looking in. forward to the rest of it. Thank you very much. Again, <laughs> you're listening you. to the Paul W. Smith Show on WGR 760 AM. All right, for some reason, our next guest isn't here yet. He's running around the hallways. It's supposed to be John Ricolta, the former ambassador of the United States uh, to the Air, United Arab Emirates, and he's just not here just yet. So, gentlemen, we are going to be filling some time here um, as he makes his way onto the stage, and he thinks he's going to get his entire nine minutes. Well, well you he's know. cutting himself short, all right? <laughs> you know, Mark, uh, yeah, I, I think Dave uh, asked the question a little while ago about whether or not there were any areas in the report, the growth report, that that maybe should have been accentuated more or that she thought. And, and, you know, one of the things, I think there is one. Uh, and to me, it is, in, I'm very comfortable saying there is a significant underclass in Wayne County. Much of it is Detroit, but not all of it. And, the, you know, in many counties or cities, it's not as big, so maybe it doesn't have the same impact. But I think there's got to be more effort to make sure that we do something with that underclass in terms of opportunities and a number of other things. Because, I mean, that's growth. I mean, if, if you've got 100,000 people outside the workforce for whatever reason, and you get them back in the workforce. So you're talking about the challenges you're facing with people that aren't in the workforce yeah, that right. are living in and, some of these areas. Are, are chronically not in the workforce. A lot uh, of times it's uh, maybe they don't have the educational opportunity. They don't have it's a the, lot of things. Oftentimes it's considered, well, they don't want to work, but that's not true. Mm -hmm. uh, in most instances, that's not true. And so if there needs to be uh, anything that we focus on more than, is particularly in, in Wayne County, is what do we do with that underclass in terms? I mean, you got workforce development training and a bunch of other things, but if people aren't prepared for the training, uh, then it doesn't do any good to say you've got the training. The training's got to create results. Yeah. And, and Warren, it's not just in Wayne County, and I think Mark would agree. And, and you know, I represent Oakland County, and it's viewed as a very successful and prosperous county. But there, this this issue exists there as well. We we have lots of different kind of communities, and one of the things that I've tried to lean in on is say, is this a welcoming a, a, a place? where we're, uh, we're providing services and opportunities for everyone to be successful to, and meeting them where they're at. You know, we have an initiative around returning citizens, right? These folks sometimes get left through the cracks. But sure. we, we want everyone to be successful who's willing to step up and, and do the work and, and have, a, have a successful life. And so it, it's bigger than Detroit and it's bigger than Wayne County. And it, 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 I think it's a statewide and a county and a, a countrywide issue. I'm glad you brought it up. And I'm and not I sure think if you guys are faced with the same challenge, but I'm, I'm looking at our, our workforce numbers. 440,000 people are in our workforce. We've got relatively low unemployment, 4%. We're seeing that birth the death ratio kind of reverse itself. More people are dying than being born. It's kind of one of those morbid things to talk about, but it's <laughs> realistic. you got the baby boomers retiring out. Yet in Macomb County, you got 44,000 jobs available in pretty much every industry sector. And so the question is, you know, how do we fill these jobs? But i got to believe that's still somewhat of a challenge in Oakland or Wayne, too. You probably have a lot of job openings, but how do we get these people connected to those jobs and at the same time try to get people to want to move here for other job opportunities that maybe find this place attractive because of the way we promote it through this uh, initiative that we're trying to push forward with. with the yeah, I agree. And, you know, sometimes it's not that there aren't, I mean, I, as I look around, there's a plethora of 
workforce development programs. Almost to the point that that becomes confusing. What program and how are we letting people know fitting people to the programs? I mean, I... It's sometimes know, not as easy to access as we like to you know, portray it to be. I, 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 be. I almost remember and appreciate the days when there was the news and the free press. Period. Yeah, two sources that people knew to go to. Now there are so many social media sources and other things. I don't know who's getting what message. I know we try to flood the market with messages, but when you're flooding the market with messages and you're flooding the market with programs for workforce development, it's enough to confuse anybody. It's funny you say that. I mean, think about that when you go back as a kid. I remember getting out of high school. There wasn't many jobs available, so what did I do? I went to the want ads in the newspaper and circled a few and made some phone calls and even showed up a close. But that's become a challenge now. So how do you navigate that? Uh, How do you give kids access to it? Credit to the school districts in Macomb County in particular, our ISD working with the various um, school districts in Macomb County, uh, trying to make sure that within those schools, they're doing a good job of trying to figure out how they get these kids connected to jobs. Even a man Manufacturing Day celebrations that we do. I mean, it's, uh, well, I'll tell you, every school district participates in Macomb County, every school district, and they bring these kids in these facilities that maybe have an interest or at least see if there is an interest. And those manufacturing facilities, these advanced manufacturing facilities, are far different than what they were when you and I, as kids growing up, understood them to be. So we're trying to connect them to something that they might have an interest in. And you bring up a good point because... Uh, I think the other thing that's shifting now and needs to shift more is, yes, you can have a great career with a a four-year degree or a two-year degree, but there's a lot of other ways through manufacturing and other programs to make a decent level through the skill trades, through other things. And so we've got to be open to letting our kids pursue all sorts of different opportunities because they're out there. It's like being a police officer. I remember, boy, we competed. It was uh, like 30, 40 people competing for one job opening, and you probably went through the same thing, Warren, you know, back when you were first trying to get hired in. Now? We're begging people to come into the workforce to be a police officer, to take a job as a corrections officer working these facilities. It's an incredible challenge. I just, I just don't understand what the lack of interest is. Well, it, I'm thinking about going back. Yeah. <laughs> and, and different than that, there, is, there are so many industries that are in demand that we don't provide all of the programming for. Uh, aeronautics, for example. You've got a world-class airport, a lot of things that are... But we don't have programs to feed it, whether it's pilots or flight engineers or whatever. A lot of work to be done in those areas, stuff that we can do. Yeah, we just we finally got our guest here. He's been so busy. He's highly sought after. Uh, he's been uh, walking around the conference floor. He's been up on stage many a time. Uh, John Ricolta, as I mentioned, the former ambassador of the United States, uh, up the United States to the United Arab Emirates, and also the conference co-chair. That's the reason why he's so busy. And uh, obviously, uh, he and Shirley Stancato are leading the governor's growing Michigan effort together. And we heard you up on stage. Great job. It's unfortunate we're coming to a close here. But a quick word, John, because uh, you got up here kind of late. But if you could just uh, give a shout out to the out here well first of all i couldn't say enough about the chamber and the organization that they put together for this if there's one thought that i would leave everybody is that we have this moment and michigan has been in decline for 70 years in one aspect or another we need to reverse that uh, the political establishment is, in, is here today uh, we've articulated clearly the challenges that we have this moment is, in my view, a slow developing crisis. It's not something that's going to hurt us tomorrow or the next day. But if we don't reverse what's happening, we will leave our children and our grandchildren in a worse spot than they are today. 
And John, you're 100% right, and again, we appreciate that. John Ricolta with the uh, Carpe Diem, seize the day, seize the moment. Let's make this happen in Michigan. We're so glad that you're taking the lead, and you're doing an incredible job on behalf of the state of Michigan. Thank you for having we us today. Thank you, thank you for WJR for being here. You bet. Again, thank you. Uh, and again, you're listening to the Paul W. Smith Show. John. Focus on WJR, 760 AM. Well, welcome back. And again, uh, we're excited to be on this program, especially uh, co-hosting together for this uh, little policy conference that we have out here, specifically talking about growing Michigan together. And, uh, you know, as we sit here, you never know who's walking by, you know. And uh, fortunately, this time we saw this this young lady walking by that we all know very well because she is a real advocate and a person who really helps out when it comes to transit, especially getting people to and from and giving them opportunities. But uh, something we lean on heavily in Macomb County, the SMART system. And uh, Tiffany Gunter is here, and she happens to be the Deputy General Manager for the Suburban Mobility Authority for Regional Transportation. And by the way, many people probably didn't know that's actually what SMART stands for because that's all they keep saying is SMART and the SMART buses. And again, we truly appreciate your efforts and what you do to help people get in and around the entire region. So, Tiffany, thank you for joining us and being here on the program. It is a pleasure to be here with all of you today. And, Mark, I see your future. Oh, no. You are so serious up there as a radio host. I'm oh, I loving this vibe. Okay, no, I <laughs> <laughs> I'm, being, I'm, I'm being very safe here. Uh, but, no, it's a wonderful honor to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, we appreciate it. So what are you seeing? I mean, I know there was uh, the, obviously the addition to what we uh, had seen successfully take place in Oakland County. Uh, there are no longer any opt-outs in Oakland County. They're all in. That helps with the connectivity. Macomb has always been all in since the 1990s because we see the value of what SMART does. But, you know, how's that working out? It's working out wonderfully. And so just to begin, I want to say thank you for all of the support that each of you and your respective counties provides to SMART. It does, it does not go unnoticed. We truly appreciate you partnering with us, letting us know what your needs are, and making sure that, you know, as we work together to look at these scarce resources and how to allocate them, we're doing the best that we can. So with the new service in, in Oakland County, last year we saw a great new system come on with the 740 going out to uh, 12 Oaks all the way to Wixom. That service is doing numbers. It's doing well. We're excited about it. Um, and we're getting great positive feedback from the community on new access to jobs and services, which is really critically important. Uh, what we just saw come online at the start of the new year in Wayne County was the uh, the um, uh, failing at the number the 280 came online and that is the Romulus business district so we touching those businesses getting folks to where they want to go from basically the Romulus area folks that are staying at hotels and, and things out there coming down into downtown Detroit we know how critical that service is going to be especially with the NFL draft coming up soon people are not just going to be staying in downtown Detroit they're going to be all over the region and so our service is going to be really critical uh, in terms of making sure we get people moving uh, to those areas and in Macomb County we're really excited to bring, bring it forth in the spring summertime uh, some new service out to Chesterfield Township going all the way to New Baltimore we know that that was some service that had existed previously um, it got taken offline due to some some issues with allocation of resources it's coming back online the community couldn't be more excited about it we can't be more excited about it and we're looking forward to really providing those services where they're most needed and those things are happening because your your willingness to, to work with you're our transit provider and so with that you're out there you're having those conversations you're talking to the community leaders you're talking to people in the community you're making it happen and so every year I see this progressive uh, you know the smart getting smarter is kind of what I like to say like and uh, you guys do a great job with it over there your entire team and even the drivers you know we don't hear too many challenges about being on time or you know any uh, any of the buses uh, being late uh, you do a good job in Macomb County we're completely satisfied with the smart system that we see and I got to take you back a moment yes. interesting during this challenge we had with the uh, uh, with the COVID uh, smart was the first one that stepped up 
to help us get some of these seniors to and from the facilities where we had some of the vaccination. But not only that, we didn't have a place where people could call in and get on a list. Smart took care of that for us in Macomb County. They had a phone number available for seniors to call and get on a list so we can get them those vaccinations. So Smart, uh, boy, I tell you what, they're more than just a transit provider. They help us with solutions in helping our seniors in Macomb County as well. So we can't thank you enough, Tiffany. And I'd like to just piggyback on that because, you know, it's easy for us to talk about transit and transportation services, but you are the provider, and I'm not sure everyone always understands. We can't come up with something that, that Smart isn't able to implement. And yet there are challenges, right? Recruiting drivers, getting new buses, uh, figuring out routes and stops and all of those things. What are you seeing? I, I, you know, I know driver shortages are, is still an issue. What are you seeing as the challenges and how is Smart uh, addressing those to help our region move forward in transit? Dave, thank you so much for bringing that up. The national shortage on drivers has been one that has been crippling to the transit industry over the since the pandemic, essentially. Uh, what we're seeing now is a return to work, a re recommitment to focus on what we want to acknowledge. And everywhere we go, we talk about the significance of the operators and how much we respect the job that they do. Not only do they have to drive that vehicle, keep it safe for everyone, be on time, they have to be a customer service provider at the same time. It is not an easy job. And for all of our operators, who are currently listening, thank you for everything that you do, along with our mechanics to keep the vehicles on the road. And be nice well, to your drivers. Be nice to the drivers. I, those that are traversing around the roads today, even as the roads are in the inclement weather conditions, understand that they are doing their best to make sure that everybody's being safe. Please don't cut off our buses. Uh, it takes them longer to slow down than others. So uh, what I will say about how we're addressing that is we're in the midst of negotiations right now, and what we're doing is historic in terms of wage increases. We recognize that there has been a sort of a lag in that we are looking to be the premier provider of services that means we need the premier drivers as well so the increases we have on the table are historic the work rules changes to make the job more attractive give people more predictability in their in their schedule to make the job a more attractive job those are the things that we're doing to make sure that folks want to do this job and understand the importance of this job there's something about the, the new generation that wants to have meaningfulness in the work that they do and so this is a meaningful job folks that our operators are literally taking care of folks, getting them to work, to hospital appointments, to whatever they need to do to get a leg up in life. So amplifying that message and making sure they know how critical that is and how much of an economic driver we are in the region. Last year alone in procurements in Michigan, we spent $49 million. That's nothing to shake a stick at. And so we are an industry, to be sure. We're, we have a, a bus out there right now that has our 25-plus-year employees, many of them being drivers. We acknowledge that service. We recognize that service, and we, we respect it. So thank you for asking that. Yeah, we're glad to see the working relationship you have, obviously, in Wayne County in particular right. with DDOT. I mean, Absolutely. Uh, well, and, and, and outside of Detroit, you know, the, the idea that SMART, uh, is still working hard to put systems together, even in a place where we have opt-outs that ought to be in. And we really need to think uh, uh, in Wayne County, again, we got to find a way to think how to get out of that. Everybody needs to be in. That needs to be the transit plan. Those who are still thinking about uh, billion-dollar infrastructure for, uh, you know, fast transit trains and all that put it out of your mind let's 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 get on the porch first then we can figure out how to build a second story get the baseline yeah going. It, it, yes right We're, now no we've got you know tons of people who for everything else that we're spending money on workforce development uh, a number a number of things health care issues 
we're impeding people's ability to get to what we're trying to fund and pay for because they don't have the transit. Where I live, I got to walk eight miles to get to the first transit stop. I live in Wayne County. The whole township that I'm in is an opt-out community. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and we have to work systemically to do that. And I think one of the things that helps solve the problem is forget the pie-in-the-sky stuff. We want basic bus transportation, and we got to be willing to pay for it. Uh, and that's something I'll be committed to this year, as I have been for the last several years. But we've got to step it up a notch. You guys are embarrassing me. You know, yeah. you got no, we, no, we know no, you're committed. No opt-outs. No we, opt-outs. And, you know, we, I got to sit here and deal with this, you know. But well, not, not that's not. I'm being facetious. Right. The problems it's causing people that we're trying to get something positive for just doesn't make sense so we got to fix it yeah and again i'm excited uh, you know obviously uh, warren i know that your efforts have always been towards trying to create that you know where the entire region is all in and so we've uh, dave that has been your push from day one and uh, tiffany i know you're the one that helps lead that charge on behalf of smart we can't thank you enough for being on the show i'm also excited to see how this is going to work out with the nfl draft and the support you're going to give for transporting people to and from uh, even the uh, final four in detroit so it's going to be exciting i know you're going to be doing a lot of work to try to get that ready but again we want to thank our guest tiffany gunter uh, the deputy general manager from the smart system here for all your efforts what you're doing uh, please tell dwight we said hi we would tell him hi right. and for more information follow us at smart moves us thank you again thanks right. and again thanks for uh, tuning in the paul w smith show focus on wgr 760 a.m Hey, folks, we know the weather's a bit of a challenge out there, but uh, that's what Michigan's all about. It's the winter wonderland. We should be celebrating this uh, time of year uh, with the season. And I know one thing, Wayne, Oakland, Macomb County road crews are out there, and uh, we are going to do our best to make sure those roads are plowed so you don't have to worry about your safety. Um, if for some reason a road isn't plowed, it's probably a local jurisdiction or maybe MCAT <laughs> because uh, we don't miss a road. We keep it clear. I'm just kidding, just joshing. I don't need those DPWs from Mount Clemens and Warren calling me. I'm just kidding. You guys do a great job too. And MDOT, we love you too. So with that being said, uh, we're fortunate uh, here on this programming today. We've had some great guests thus far, and uh, we've got some exciting news happening in the region. And, uh, you know, I, I, I say that because oftentimes they say in the city of Detroit, it's the reason. Detroit is the urban center of the region. And we get excited when good things are happening. And, boy, there are two great things happening. And uh, I'm going to allow this next guest to kind of talk a little bit about it. I don't want to spoil the surprise, even though everybody already knows what I'm talking about here. Claude Molinar, the president and CEO of Visit Detroit. Boy, this is exciting uh, what we're embarking upon in the city of Detroit for the entire region. That's right. We've got the 2024 NFL Draft coming here April 25th through the 27th in downtown Detroit and throughout the region. And we're really excited about what this is going to mean. Hundreds of thousands of fans coming to southeast Michigan. And it probably excites nobody more than the other guests that we happen to have on the line. And it's the mayor of the great city of Detroit, Mayor Mike Duggan. Mayor, I got to believe this is exciting news for you. Uh, it is exciting news, but I had to come on because I heard it took three of you guys to replace Paul Dunn. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> true. And we still came up short. <laughs> you, sp you speak the truth, yes. <laughs> Congratulations on the natty, my friend. I know you were down there. I'm sure you had a great time. Uh, well, you know, Monday night I was in Houston to see Michigan watch the win the national championship. 
I tell you what, if the Lions win on oh, Sunday night, this is going to be one of the greatest weeks in history. <laughs> I'm excited about that game. I'm telling you, Matthew Stafford coming back, facing off against Jared Goff. That in and of itself is worth the price of admission. I mean, that's that's that's, that's poetry. You can't even write. You can't even script that. This is awesome for the city of Detroit. No, and, and I understand the uh, the Lions are selling standing room tickets, so we may have the biggest crowd ever at Ford Field uh, <laughs> coming in, but we're ready for it. Yeah, I'm going to be watching from home. I'm staying away from the crowd. I, I, I want to watch the game. That's a problem. When I get in a crowd, I don't know if you, you know, you tend to go to these games and people want to talk to you about other things. i got to believe you run into that a lot, Mayor, as well as probably Warren and Dave. But uh, the best place for me to watch it is at home, although my wife may disagree because if she goes into another room while I'm watching a game, um, I get a little animated. Imagine that. Well, the one so. thing I can tell you for sure is if you come down to the game, the roads in Detroit will be clear as snow. See? See? Well, is, it, is it Wayne County Road Crew or is that the Detroit? <laughs> no, that's Detroit. <laughs> Wayne County's great, too, but uh, it'll be good at Detroit. But, but Claude, that. these aren't just fun events, right? These, the, a lot of work. Uh, professional sports uh, helps with economic development and growing our region, which is what we're talking about at this conference, right? Talk a little bit more. You're the expert at this. What is the, what is the economic value that these sort of uh, events bring to our region? Just from the NFL draft alone, we're looking at well over $150 million in economic impact. And then the advertisement that this is going to show when you've got a worldwide audience 60 million fans are going to be watching the first night of the draft and then if you have hundred thousands people here this showcases the city and the region and again all these fans they're not just going to come for the draft they're going to go to tigers games they're going to go to attractions they're going to go to parks they're going to go to the riverfront they're going to be in all three counties because they're going to have to stay all over the counties because we don't have nearly enough hotel rooms in the three counties even with forty-five thousand, we're going to sell them all out that's going to be a huge benefit for the entire region and these types of events which we're competing for on a national basis they are a huge legitimizer of your destination of your state when these people choose to bring their events here it shows that we have a great place to bring them yeah what a what a great way to showcase the city of detroit and uh, mayor i know this is going to take a lot of effort a lot of people involved in this uh, whether it's the police chief white um, obviously you had to put a committee together to try to uh, compete for this opportunity but now that you got the opportunity i gotta believe there's a lot of work ahead of you to try to make sure this goes off smoothly uh, when the day comes we're, we're totally focused on it, and I was at the draft in Las Vegas two years ago and in Kansas City last year. And in both of those cities, they held the draft in a contained park well away from their downtown areas. It would have been like Detroit holding the draft on Belle Isle. Uh, and it's a lot easier to manage logistically, but uh, with, the, with Claude and the downtown Detroit partnership, we flipped this. We're going to do this through Campus Marshes, uh, Hart Plaza, and do this through the streets of Detroit, uh, and and the impact market. You know, when Taylor Swift was here, I was up in Troy that week with the hotel association. Every hotel room in Troy was booked for the Taylor Swift concert. Uh, this is the way that uh, uh, you know a major event in Detroit benefits everybody in the region. You bring in 300,000 people for the NFL draft for three days, and it's going to have impact comparable to the Super Bowl. 
Yeah, it's pretty. I tell you, I got to tell you, there's one person in Macomb County who's extremely excited about this. I don't know many people know that, but the, that super fan that they have that travels with them everywhere they go, uh, they call him That's uh, right. Crackyola. I mean, he's a, a guy. He lives in Macomb County. I know him personally. In his house, I drive by every day. He's got the Lions logo on his on his garage. <laughs> he's got his. He's got that that van that he drives to and from. Obviously, every one of the uh, games uh, that he has his own uh, uh, tailgate throw. We've seen him Great at the guy. last uh, three drafts while we were scouting him and in the process we seen him at every one of them so and there's great Lions super fans and you know we they travel incredibly well and and I think that it's going to be incredible for us and again there's six NFL cities within a four-hour drive of southeast Michigan so that's going to mean a lot of people and you, you mentioned the economic impact again it goes beyond the city of Detroit Wayne County uh, this is going to have a huge impact on Macomb County with you know people wanting to you know I guess stop and stay at some of the hotels in Macomb County yeah, you're out there advocating for growth in the hotel space and opportunities there because you're seeing what's also happening down here um, obviously with the, and, the and, we, and we know those things aren't going to occur before the NFL draft but if there were two things that aren't done now that need to be done before the NFL draft what would they be as far as, uh, you know, I think we're ready. We'll be well ready for the NFL draft. I mean, again, I think the biggest shortcoming we have as a destination mm -hmm. um, in order to attract business is a lack of hotel rooms in the downtown within walking distance of the convention center. And frankly, it's the same challenge we have at the Novi Expo Center. The Novi Expo Center is the 50th largest exhibit space in the country. That is a huge building. And the same situation, though, is that they cannot support the attendees via hotel rooms to get the events that we have. So we're losing hundreds of thousands of events and attendees and, and frankly, hundreds of thousands of room nights in our hotels because we don't have enough of them. Yeah, and obviously that's the effort on behalf of our economic development team in Macomb County uh, to try to figure out how do we get some of these municipalities to see if there's an interest on behalf of developers to do that. But again, you know, you've been you've been there uh, the entire way to try to convince people the importance of it. And obviously even the other attractions I mentioned earlier talking about these bass tournaments we have on Lake St. Clair and uh, can't thank you enough for your efforts to help us promote and support that. Well, uh, Mr. County Executive, we really appreciate it. You know, I was just thinking if this government stuff doesn't work out you guys could be great radio hosts See, this is this is like a whole second option yeah we we appreciate your kind words I'll, i don't I'll, know if that's I'll gonna be, be. i'll be the bass fisherman you guys do the get what you pay for mayor i'm curious do you have a prediction on the game this weekend uh, i i i believe the lions are going to do it uh they this dan campbell has just done a hell of a job and i'm just i'm cheering for jared goff to have a really big night i think it's going to be a high scoring game both ends. Not to say anything bad about the defenses. I just think the, both teams both teams are coming to throw. Yep. So both these players. But again, Mayor, thank you so much once again uh, for obviously all that you do in the city of Detroit uh, for the urban center of the region, uh, but also Claude Molnar, President and CEO of uh, Visit Detroit. We appreciate uh, both of you uh, having us on our program here for the Paul W. Smith Show. Focus on WJR 760. Hey, great the great voice of the Great Lake St. Clair. I will right, well, welcome back to the Paul W. Smith Focus Show on WJR, 7.60 a.m. I probably didn't catch that, but I did say the uh, great voice of the Great Lake St. Clair. I don't know if anybody <laughs> caught that. I know. caught it. I get it. The Great Lakes, we're not considered one, but uh, mm -hmm. in Macomb County, i got to tell you, it is a great asset. So it's the heart of the Great Lakes, isn't is, that right? Thank you. It's exactly. Yeah. If you look at it from an aerial above, yeah. it's the shape of a heart. Thank you, Dave. You know, I'm, I'm from St. Clair Shores, my friend. You know, you know, that's I know right. That. Yeah, that's right. You. Your mom is still there. Yes, yeah, she is. And we love her. So <laughs> she, and she ain't leaving. Her. She loves making Macomb her home. 
But with that being said, uh, full disclosure, Warren Evans did have to step out. I think when we started talking about roads and keeping them plowed, uh, he's over at his road department right now making sure those guys get them salt trucks out. He does not want to see any failures. So, But again, as we talked about, uh, we have some great guests here uh, talking about this growing Michigan together. Uh, boy, I tell you, the uh, business leaders of Michigan, uh, this is something very important to them uh, because obviously a lot of businesses, we continue to attract businesses, but making sure that the talent is here uh, to have those jobs that there are available filled um, is something that uh, they're much, uh, very much interested in. And so we have with us Jeff Donofrio, the president and chief executive officer of the business leaders of Michigan. Jeff, thanks for being with us. Mark, thanks for having me. Dave, thanks for uh, having me as well. I, I'm sorry to interrupt the love fest over Lake St. Clair. Uh, I'm sure you, we could go into it for a lot longer. <laughs> oh, he I could do this days. all day. <laughs> just Rushwater Lake in the entire country. We've got some <laughs> badass bass out there. So <laughs> we, have, we have a great time with that one. So, But, again, this growing uh, the Michigan Together Council includes, you know, some, some pretty uh, key strategies. You know, the educational component is something we're talking about, to grow the population, economic development, and uh, the thriving community. So, you know, you know what, what are the thinking behind these uh, these, I guess, three portions of that initiative that uh, that you're looking at or that you're interested in. Yeah, you know, I, I was fortunate enough that the governor uh, appointed me to sit on the council, and, and certainly our organization, we were trying to benchmark Michigan versus other states and figure out what it is that we could do to make us a top 10 state for growth. Uh, generally, you know, whether it's economic growth, whether it's income growth, and, and we want to make sure that that growth is widely shared, uh, that it leads to a healthy economy and an upward trajectory for all Michiganders. Um, you know, when we look at the recommendations from the Population Council, um, the Grow Michigan Together Council, you know, it started with jobs because I'm sure many of you had the same experience that my family had, which is uh, they were attracted here not because we have wonderful Great Lakes, um, but we do, but it was because the economic opportunity, mm -hmm. right? They knew they could raise a family here. They knew they could live in, in a great quality of life, whether they came from Italy, whether they came from Kentucky, uh, in the coal mines or anywhere else. Um, the opportunity was here. So we have to start with that opportunity. And if we don't have it, the likelihood of, of uh, growing Michigan's population is going to be very low. The second thing we have to have is we've got to make sure we are educating our kids that when you have a, a, a person here, they reach their full potential in Michigan. And that means we have to really make sure our K-12 system is high performing. Uh, it means that, uh, you know, I, I said on stage earlier today, um, when I first took this job three years ago, um, I went around and talked to some of the largest companies, their CEOs in the state, and I heard far too often that they were trying to atta attract an executive from somewhere else in the country or the world. And if they had kids, they would take them to the local school, school district, and they would see that their kids were a couple years ahead of their peers. Um, that's a challenge. They, they wouldn't want to put their kids in the public school system then. And then finally, both of you know this and have demonstrated over and over again how important it is when you're choosing uh, to, to live somewhere that you have a community, a community that uh, is attractive, that has a great quality of life. Um, you know, we want everyone to make uh, Macomb your home. We want everyone to make Oakland County your home too. But uh, when people are, are looking around the country at uh, whether they come to Macomb, whether they come to Oakland County, you know, they're judging all of you uh, versus Nashville, versus Seattle, versus Boulder. We want to make sure that we have the, the communities that are going to win out. And you're, you're absolutely right. That whole Make Macomb Your Home, I guess, branding that we did was to get people to understand the attractive nature, why people live here, and, uh, and celebrate that and get people to understand outside of Macomb County, uh, you know, this is an attractive place. Uh, but by doing that, we realized we don't want to see, you know, us being competitive with the region. You know, we want to figure right. out how do we come together as a region and as a state 
to compete with other regions or states around not only just the country but around the globe and so there are plenty of opportunities to do just that and i think that's what we're all trying to focus on how do we all come together to do that celebrate the assets we have that's right so they attract people because they don't just go there as you mentioned you're 100 yeah. percent right it's not just about the job a lot of that has to do with the quality of life. That's right. You know, what about the public safety? What about public education? You know, what about the infrastructure? Yeah. You know, and other assets that uh, that we bring to the table. We have a lot of that, but we don't celebrate enough, and we don't right. point it out for others to recognize that maybe want to have an opportunity to move here for that job, and obviously recognize this is where they want to grow their home. Jeff, you brought up something that's important to me too, because my dad was the first person in our family to graduate from college. So my grandparents and great grandparents yep. that came here. They didn't have that education. Back in those days, you didn't need it, right? right. You could get a good job at a, at a factory or in, in industry, uh, and you could raise your family on it. Uh, that's no longer the case, right? And I know your panel looked a lot at sure. education and the need to get people additional education, credentialing, something beyond high school, which is used to be all you needed. Talk about what your group did around education and why that's such a, a critical thing now going forward for Michigan. Well, Dave, you're exactly right. I mean, when you look at the systems we have in education, they were designed in a time where you could walk off a stage with a high school diploma and get a really great middle-class uh, lifestyle uh, by going into a factory or going into, you know, uh, another a government job, something else like that. Um, and you didn't have to get that next level of education. That's no longer the case. Um, you need something beyond high school, whether that's going into an apprenticeship, whether that's uh, getting a certification at one of the great community colleges in your, uh, in your counties, whether that's going on to a four-year degree. Now, the best indicator of success in, in our society is still a bachelor's degree. A person with a bachelor's degree will earn 75% more than someone in their lifetime uh, who doesn't have one. Uh, they have a lower uh, um, instance of unemployment, of disruption. Um, and so we've got to pave the pathway to get people into that post-secondary, post-high school career. It means we have to have a good foundation in our K-12 through system. But initiatives, Dave, like you're doing with Oakland 80, where you've set a goal to say 80% of the people in your county are going to have that post-secondary degree. Um, that's really, really important, and it can be transformational because what we see about the states and the communities that are, are really doing the best around the country is they have these concentrations, this high concentration of young, educated talent. And that young, educated talent is leading to more job creation in high-wage jobs, in the knowledge economy. And so it's that virtuous cycle. And so everything that we can do to remove barriers, to provide those guidance counselors and career counselors, to make sure that we're providing scholarships, it's not just about the education itself, it's about what is it gonna take to actually move someone into a career and a longer career pathway. Um, and so the Oakland 80 program, Mark, what you've been doing, especially with the community college has been you know, so transformational. And so I'm, I'm so glad to be here with, with both of you uh, as leaders in this. Yeah, we find it interesting because some of the unique uh, opportunities as well as with that Ford Next Generation Learning, where they're actually having yep. an opportunity to have exposure to various careers uh, as they're going through their educational programming uh, has been very beneficial. Uh, Jeff, we want to thank you, obviously, for being on the program. And, again, uh, you with the support and the understanding of, you know, three components, the education, economic development, and thriving communities will help get us there. And we want to thank, obviously, the business leaders for Michigan for being a part of this and for your work that you're doing on the Governor's Council. So, Jeff Donofrio, the President and Chief Executive Officer of the Business Leaders for Michigan. Thanks thank for you being both. With us. And, hey, thank you for your leadership. Thank you. Again, you're on the Paul W. Smith Show.
Focus, WJR 760 AM, the great voice of the Great Lakes. All right, you're back. We are back with the Paul W. Smith Show, Focus on WJR. We're wrapping up here, Dave. We have had some great hosts here, and again, no better person to have uh, back cleanup here than our next guest. Nolan Finley. In fact, uh, you should see the crowd around us right now. It's almost like an E.F. Hutton commercial, you know, when Nolan Finley speaks, people listen. And so they're all leaning in, and i got to believe people driving down the road just turned up their radios, too. Uh, this guy has been a, a great voice uh, for Southeast Michigan, not just the city of Detroit, uh, with his honest way of communicating. And, uh, again, through the print media, but also an invited guest on a lot of shows and programs. So, Nolan, thanks for being with us, and we appreciate having you here. Well, thanks, Mark. Thanks, Dave. Uh, Mark, I was glad to see you as part of this team today. Uh, otherwise, it been a little heavy on Democrats. <laughs> there it is. Uh, and there it is. And there we go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've, been heard, I've heard that once or twice. So, so what's your take? What's the, uh, what's the headline? Well, I think John Ricolta, you know, made the headline where he said this Population Growth Council that he co-chaired with Shirley Stencato, we should not expect it to grow the population anytime soon took a long time to get here it's going to take a long time to get out and he's looking at you know 2050 if everything works right and of course this is michigan uh making everything work right will be a challenge i mean we have had uh political issues here over the last several decades and an inability to uh work together for the good of the state and so that's going to have to stop if they're going to do all of these ambition things they they hope to do yeah that's, I, I i love that uh segue it's again it's a uh, quit talking about reaching across the aisle get in the aisle and yeah. let's solve these problems and i think that's yeah. what this initiative is all about and i'm hopeful that people do but again that's the question in other words how do we not forecast this how do we not see this coming you know the challenges we had with trying to bring jobs or businesses here about 14 years ago manufacturing was yeah. waning and uh, we were able to figure out how do we do that but now we have a lot of jobs a lot of businesses are here but my gosh, how did we not know that there was going to be the issues? Yeah, I mean, we got a lot of jobs, not a lot of people who want to come here. When, when my parents brought us here from Kentucky, everybody was coming up here and coming here from all over the world because there were better jobs here, better paying jobs than they were in the places they came from. And something's happened. Uh, you know, we didn't expect a whole lot of, you know, you know, everybody giving us a whole lot of stuff to make. It was the job. And now either these jobs aren't paying enough or there are just too many other states that have jobs too because we are not getting the population gains we should get, nor are we keeping our own folks here. And, and you know what, I'm wondering if the study, does it include something where, you know, what are other regions, what are other states uh, doing that makes them successful? Well, Is there I mean, something that we're looking into to say, you know, how, how are they doing it right? I think everybody agrees tech jobs are... Um, are the are the key and the draw both of your counties have huge numbers of tech jobs associated with defense and associated with the auto industry do people know about those and those are good paying jobs uh michigan is i you know i still contend i i've lived here a long time that it's a attractive place to live uh, affordable housing lower cost of living lakes uh, for some reason, folks would rather go to a lot of other places than here. I think and Quentin Messer says that a lot. We don't tell our story well enough. We don't brag about ourselves right. enough. If you're from Texas, 
everybody knows you're from Texas. Right. But, you know, Nolan, I read your column this morning, and at first I saw the headline. And I thought, uh-oh, okay, so is he going to say that this report was a, a failure? But then I read your article, and I think, you're, um, I think it's more nuanced than that. And John is more, more nuanced than that and talking about productivity and other yeah. things. Is that enough? Or it, We'll see. I mean, obviously, we need to cre- increase productivity in this state to increase prosperity. And as John said, and I think I agree with him, it's prosperity growth we've got to be looking for rather than the metric being population growth. Well, again, we thank you, uh, Nolan, for your words, obviously, and uh, for being on the program here. I do want to take this moment to thank my co-host, Dave Coulter and Warren Evans, uh, as well as the guests that were on this program, like uh, Nolan just was. Uh, Also, Ray Templin, Andrew Eubanks, Dave Rieger, and Thomas, as well as my friend, my high school wrestling buddy, Steve Finiteri, for allowing us the opportunity to be here, as well as Paul W. Smith for allowing us to take on this focus programming, but more importantly, the listening audience. And again, you're listening to WJR 760, the voice of the Great Lakes. Thanks for being with us, folks.